up the beach road, away from the shops and holiday apartments, in the direction of the headland overlooking the beach. Despite the heels on her sandals, she strode out eagerly, her hips swinging fractionally, just enough to set his senses jangling. He followed them. What choice did he have? Watched them turn off the beach road onto the cliff path that led to the bar. He knew she'd have to come back this way, and so he sat on the other side of the sea wall and pretended to observe the view. But the curving coastline and placid mill-pond sea, greying in the fading light, did not hold his attention. His gaze was fixed to the path on the other side of the wall, fringed with palms. She'd be returning this way, her companion still glued to her side, no doubt. Today looked like being a write-off. But he was prepared for that. People came and went at intervals. The familiar figure rounded the bend ahead, one of the cheerful Texans from earlier. He looked a little the worse for wear. Had the guy spent his entire day checking out the bars? He ducked behind the wall out of sight. The last thing he wanted was to be hailed by some half-cut holidaymaker. He waited till he was sure the man had gone. Then he waited some more as the light faded to charcoal grey and the fairy lights that festooned the trees began to twinkle in the dark. He stayed where he was, a tourist wringing the last drops of enjoyment from the picture-perfect scene. Laughter disturbed him, ringing out faintly from the beach road behind him. Maybe he was the only person on the island not sailing on a sea of rum-soaked jollity. He wondered whether to cut his losses for the day. And then, there she was, coming towards him. The light was dim, but he could see her clearly, a vision in turquoise, walking towards him along the cliff path, alone. Finally, this was his opportunity. Chapter One They were short of time. Two men on an unscheduled journey to retrieve a racehorse. As the lorry barreled down the country lane, the fixings on the partitions rattled in their slots. The vehicle was doing over 50, which maybe wasn't wise, but there weren't any speed cameras off the main road. Anyhow, they'd be taking it easier on the way back once they'd picked up the horse. Give it a bit more welly, can't you? said the man with blonde hair, who sat in the passenger seat. The hair, abundant and glistening, was the result of regular trips to a hairstylist in Swindon. Patsy Walsh didn't care who knew it. Little embarrassed him. Think I'm a natural blonde? was one of his regular lines to stray women. Want to find out? Funnily enough, many did. Don't miss the entrance. It's just round this bend. Steve, the lad at the wheel, shot Patsy a look that contained a hint of irritation. He knew this route backwards. But, whatever his feelings, Steve kept them to himself. Patsy might have a woman's name and a hairdo worthy of a shampoo advert, but he wasn't a man to pick a fight with. Patsy noted Steve's reaction and ignored it. 
He liked a bit of spunk in the lads at Latchmere Park. But most of all, he liked loyalty, deference and complete obedience to his word. That's how the owner, Adrian Spring, liked it too. Only he would never say so. And since Adrian relied on Patsy to enforce his will, he didn't need to. They turned through a stone gateway onto a smoothly tarmacked drive in far superior condition to the public road and cruised through a small copse of winter bear trees, ignoring signs that urged a maximum of ten miles per hour. Ahead lay the huddle of buildings that made up the yard, run by Timothy Appleby, where Adrian Spring kept several of his flat horses. There would soon be one horse fewer, and the thought of removing Sherry Darling from Appleby's clutches gave Patsy grim satisfaction. He'd not been in favour of Appleby.